Shad has been roasting me on not knowing pop pop culture things, apparently. He's like, everyone knows this. I'm like, I don't. Sounds, memes. Oh, yeah. Things like that. I'm like, I know a lot of memes, but I don't know what the heck you're talking about here. Like, well, not, like obviously, it's not that common. Your For You page is going to be a heck of a lot different than his For You page. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, at least when you don't know something, they can't just be like, oh, it's because you're homeschooled. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Sometimes Spotted Slaps. I'm Mac. I'm Juves. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It is, yeah, Tuesday on yeah. Halloween. I know. How Big. fortuitous for us that that's how that worked. Yeah. I don't know. Which means we have word. a fifth week this month that means to record, but mm-hmm. it's Halloween, so it's fun. Yeah, we're making it just a fun, spooky episode, but not really spooky. Yeah. About a month ago, I guess, especially when this released. When Bryce said to you that you don't even care about Halloween and you're like, yeah, I agree. I'm like, we've put so much emphasis on Halloween, though, for SDS. It, I was like, what the, what the heck? Well, I enjoy doing like the fo- like the fun photo shoots and like mm-hmm. the history of Halloween. And I enjoy like dressing up for Halloween parties. Yeah. But I put zero forethought into it. OK, yeah. Like it's not like on Halloween. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Next year, I'm going to be X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And then I will not remember that. And then I'll be panicking the week before Halloween being oh, okay. like, oh, what should I be? That's what I mean. But I was like, that's what it took me back because it was around the time we did our ghost photo shoot, mm-hmm. which you guys yeah. can see on our Instagram. It's a go on. That was fun. That one was super fun. But I was like, you were the one who like initiated that. And so I was like, what do you mean you don't care for Halloween? We do all these Halloween things. Well, I, and I enjoy doing those things, but yeah. like I don't live and die Halloween. Okay, that's fair. You know, I don't care to like decorate my I probably will decorate my house eventually for Halloween. Also like a little bit. Yeah. But, um, nothing insane. And especially because I, my dream house will be on an acreage somewhere. Yeah. And hopefully I won't have people knocking on my door. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like (laughs) I've always enjoyed, um, like dressing up and stuff for Halloween, but it kind of ruined living in Alberta when you have to put an entire snowsuit on underneath your Halloween costume. So you can't actually be what you want to be yeah no because you have to plan around like hmm do -hmm. winter boots look good with this dress yeah you can't be a fairy with yeah yeah i don't know um we're finally gonna get trick-or-treaters this year yeah i'm so excited so i'm so excited i'm a little bit nervous because i've never handed out candy before because we've usually lived like on a farm so we don't usually get trick-or-treaters yeah so over the time over the years my mom has gone from like just giving out like a handful of like little candies mm-hmm. to be in the house with the big chocolate bar because mm-hmm. she knows that everything's going to be gone. Yeah. And she just says, say, pick one. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Graylin wants to do. Um, mm-hmm. Him and the boys who live with him, they're like, we're going to be the king size candy bar house. But yeah. they'd they have act- to be home a when trick or treaters happening and they'd have to buy those candy bars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. But no, I, if anything, I'd probably be like my mom in that sense where it's like or they get like a bottle of soda or something. A can well, of soda. Right now, food is so expensive uh-huh. that the idea of buying candy just to give out for free yeah, sent me into a little bit of a spiral. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I don't. It just felt expensive. And I was like, no, I yeah. don't wish to do this. But yeah. I don't know. I think it'll be fun. Like the most decorations I'll have for our front door is just like the pumpkins we're carving. Yeah, that's fair. But that's fair. Oh, well. Um, I, as we know. I graduated and whatnot, and I'm on the mm-hmm. job hunt now. I have an interview tomorrow, so... Yay! At the time we're recording this, I have an interview tomorrow, so hopefully... Way to bury the lead. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully it goes good. I mean, so the first one, the first bite that I've got... Nice. Um, Since saying out a plethora of applications Mm -hmm. um i'm still waiting to get my like diploma and um rhn number and all this kind of things like that in my graduation package right once i have that number i can apply that then apply to even um different jobs too if this one doesn't work out or if this one doesn't seem like the type of thing i want to do 
um, which and that will also give me access to the alumni job board. And so. Oh, nice. Hoping very shortly here. That yeah, I will be working in something that I want to do. That'll be sick. Like actually getting your career started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the very least. Right. Yeah. That'd and, be sweet. And so this one that I'm interviewing for tomorrow is um, kind of more of a sales side of, of things. Mm-hmm. But I see it as good experience because if I end up doing my own practice, like I probably will at some yeah. point in my future. Yeah. Um, to have the sales experience to know what I need to do for to make it like a business. Exactly. Would be good for me. Yeah. I feel like that that experience will help you in basically every single aspect of your life. Yeah. Because it, it didn't Vic say like it's so like sales experience is like so invaluable because mm-hmm. you just like you use it for everything. Yeah. Whether it was on the episode or just in person. But, I mm-hmm. think it, but yeah, very much so because that's what it just. Yeah. If you're able to sell yourself and market yourself, like even on that rant I had what was it spring or something mm-hmm. adulthood is whatever you market yourself to be yeah literally right and if that's like if you can learn that lesson like the sooner you can learn that the better you will be yeah. in almost anything you do in life yeah that rant feels like it another lifetime ago so much has happened since then oh i know and it like that's crazy and it shocked me how much traction that rant got but it's because so many people are so lost mm-hmm. in what they're doing mm-hmm and that's why I'm like, the sooner you can realize it's, well, life is whatever you market yourself to be. Yeah. You'll be happier quicker. Yeah, literally. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. That's why I've started saying I work from home. Yeah. I'm self-employed. Yeah. Which I, I need to say self-employed instead of work from home. Cause then people think that I podcast for a business and then I have to lie about the business. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. <laughs> on the plane. was so funny when I was like, I was in an Uber yeah. after flying into Vancouver and, um, buddy was like we we're just i was feeling really chatty yeah so i was making conversation with my uber driver and turns out we both worked for a company like he worked for the same financial company that i worked for a couple of years ago oh, okay so we talked about that and he's like oh like you have a podcast i was like yeah like i just i work from home now so it's pretty easy and then he was like yeah oh i said something about sometimes i need to take a nap during the day because i just <laughs> get tired and he's like oh like do your bosses know that you take a nap during the day and i was like <laughs> yeah and he's like oh they must be like like, do they care? And I was like, no. As long <laughs> as the work gets yeah. done. I was like, my bosses are pretty lenient. Like, as long as the episode comes out on time, they don't really care. <laughs> Which isn't a lie. Because you know? <laughs> like, if you talk about your boss as yourself or your boss as me, because both are well, true. I was talking to bosses myself. Like, yeah. I know, like, and you, like, it was, I was like, mm-hmm. as long as the episode comes out, they don't really care when yeah. it gets done. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was very very funny yeah yeah so i was funny. shocked yeah. so there's that and then oof. also because i can't sit still very well oh, and yeah. now that i've had a week or so of um sitting still just applying mm-hmm. just applying to jobs for me is sitting still and yeah we of course yeah. we have podcast stuff that i do and yeah yada 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 but now that i'm not doing school and podcast and work mm-hmm and working out, I'm like twiddling my thumbs. I'm like, I need to fill my time. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking into Google certificates to do a, uh, a digital marketing certificate. Oh, nice. Or whatever. Yeah. It's only like 40 hours long and you can do it within the free week trial. So it's just a free certificate. Oh, sick. Essentially. So I'm like, I might do that. Yeah. Maybe next week if this job doesn't, I don't know, follow through the way I want to do so I can fill my time doing something. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking into what it would take to do start up an Etsy shop because... I love doesn't thrifting. take much. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love thrifting and I really want to start um, thrifting really pretty vessels and then making candles out of those pretty vessels. What do you mean? Like I buy a really cool crystal bowl and I fill it with candle oh, wax and I okay. sell it as a vintage. Right. Okay. I understand. Thing. I didn't know what you meant by vessel. I was like, yeah. are you melting? Like, are you just buying a box of crayola and melting it into a candle or like no, what? No, okay no. that makes vessel, way more like, sense to hold though. the candle in it's not gonna okay. be like a traditional like shaped candle right it's gonna be whatever thrifted piece that i can find mm-hmm. and then i can pour it into and i yeah yeah i know cool. that and a few candle molds because i feel like that's just gonna be easy enough and something to keep my hands busy yeah no doubt i can no thrift doubt. with a purpose yeah that's so, cool playing out that idea right mm-hmm. now amongst everything else i want to do in my life but Fair enough. Yeah. More so just trying to break down the cost of that to see if it's even worth for me to start up right now. Because part of me is like, yeah, start up now. So it's like Christmas time. But then I'm like, once I start working, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
am I going to want to maintain this right now? Yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah. And the whole like what you have to pay for overhead. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to budget it out to see like, can I bite that bullet right now or do I just hold up? Mm hmm. Yeah. And then I'm going to Pilates today. So I'm very excited for that. Did you find a reformer Pilates or mm-hmm. just regular? Nice. Yeah. With where? Club Pilates. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and so I'm going to go. I'm trying there. I'm doing their intro class today nice. to see if I like it. Yeah. And if it's something I want to do regularly, that will be my new F45. Yeah. So I'll be my, my expensive workout place. And then I, um, my boyfriend and I are going to get a gym membership. Nice. Um, which is going to be maybe one of those like, I don't know, 40 bucks a month kind of things. Yeah. Right. And we just go together, lift weights and whatnot from there. Yeah. But I really want to do Pilates. And so that can be my early morning workout. Yeah. That'll be nice. Thing. Because mm-hmm. that's what I like to do. Yeah. That'll be nice. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jubes? Um, when I was in Vancouver visiting Sydney, um, we started watching horror movies again. Oh, fun. So it was very healing um, because I realized they're not as scary as they used to be because I've watched much, much, much scarier TV shows since then. Yeah. So um, that was kind of fun. And we, I started the, or we started the Conjuring series because she loves The Conjuring. Oh, same. So I was like sick. So now I'm totally yeah. on board with that, which is awesome. I love the whole series, even though it does get repetitive. Like, again, but there's also like 15 movies in it now. Yeah. Or something like that. And it's by the same, like, I was going to say author. That's not right. Director. Um, director. Yeah. So, of course, they're all going to be similar. Mm-hmm. But I do like how they all kind of tie into each other. Yeah. And so you're able to kind of put the puzzle pieces together. You kind of follow the storyline. Yeah. Like, it's, they're to me, they're basically just like a longer episode of, like, Criminal Minds mixed with Supernatural. Are you watching it in order of release or order of story? I've seen one and two. Okay. So, you're watching. Okay. So, order of release then. If you, you might, now there's so many movies out, mm-hmm. you might take interest in watching it in order, like the story. Yeah. Like what came first and whatnot. And so you'd start with like the nun yeah. and stuff and the curse of La Llorona, and then it'd end up into like Annabelle and then Conjuring and then mm-hmm. X, X, XYZ, however the proper order of it is. Yeah. But if you want to see like the picture and the story in whole, mm-hmm. watch it in that way. Okay. Otherwise order of release dates too. Like it's kind of fun if you want to tie back. Yeah. Like, depends if you want to learn with the characters or if you want to keep time back. Yeah. So, so I had thought when we started number one. Yeah. That like that was the first one. I didn't realize that like they already had the Annabelle doll and they already mm-hmm. did this and they already did that. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also like we're going to start with number one because that's just the easiest one to start with. Well, that's what got you into it. And that's how when, they released it. Yeah. Was so, one, two, whatever. And then, yeah. And they built off the story from that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was yeah. super good. Super fun. And then we watched half a Saw, which I feel like we didn't really get to like the gory part of Saw. Like yeah. nothing had really happened. Yeah. Um. So I kind of want to finish that. And then we watched a really terrible one um, about the Butterbox Babies in Nova Scotia. And then... um. Evil Dead Rise Again, the new one that came out this year. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Not <laughs> worth your time. Yeah. Um, the one that we watched a long time ago was much, much scarier. Yeah. And um, because you couldn't see the entity in yeah. this one. Yeah. So it wasn't scary. Yeah. But when I could see that black cloud just like floating around or like the demon or whatever that possessed like the Evil Dead that I watched so long ago, like I still cannot stand over a shower drain because of that show <laughs> like that's like i can't drive behind a log truck because of um, final destination yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like none of those movies have altered the way that i live my life right now yeah <laughs> so, i'm like they're really not that scary i also won't go in a tanning bed because of final destination i would get a little bit claustrophobic if i was in a tanning bed i yeah. feel like well, and then this was what happened is they went in a tiny bed and they got locked in and then they got seared to death in the right. tiny bed. Yeah. No, thank you. And so the claustrophobia mixed with that, like not being able to turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Well, I freak out. Like if I get a lash lift and tint done, I can't have my eyes closed for the 45 minutes that it takes. Yeah. Because I freak out. Yeah. So I stopped doing it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Like just buy an eyelash curler. I don't need this anymore. But yeah, literally. Yeah. That's fun. Okay, so in the spirit of spooky and Halloween, yeah, um, I have researched the history of Halloween because I wanted to tell Mackle about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the history of Halloween, and then I have some like history of like 
certain Halloween traditions. Mm-hmm. And then I also researched the history of Friday the 13th. Oh, fun. Yes. Okay. And then to follow that up, I have some Canadian ghost stories. Yeah. So. Which is so awesome because I yeah. went to like uh, the Telescience Spark Center or whatever. Yeah. Was doing like a Halloween themed like fear night or whatever. Yeah. Um, And so they had like someone telling ghost stories and then like wow, what it takes to haunt or to hunt a ghost okay um there was people who tried to talk about how your brain reacts to fear there was like someone who Mm. gave a speak on fears and phobias Mm -hmm. someone who spoke about um like debunking ghosts fun which was really cool that one was very interesting yeah um there was like a fear factor kind of game show that we didn't go into because there might have been snakes and spiders (laughs) and i was like yes i know i'm at a fear thing but i'm not about to actually be confronted with any of my fears (laughs) (laughs) And there's just like a bunch of other cool things like that. So it was, it put me in the spooky but, Halloween. And then, yeah, I was going to do something Halloweeny. And then Journey was like, do ghost stories. And I was like, sold. Yeah. Cause so. it feels, yeah, it's such a good idea. So let's pat myself on the back. Why don't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I had something. I was like, either like, they're like funny stories or I just had no idea. And then mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, go for it. So here we are. Yeah. Perfect. Da, 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 da. Okay. So, um, Halloween has its roots in the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. Okay. Which is spelt Samhain. <laughs> Which I hate that it's spelt Samhain, but pronounced Samhain. Is that because it's like Gaelic? Yes. Okay. I think so. I don't know. It was just like, I didn't realize, because I listened to a podcast on the history of Halloween, and then mm-hmm. I was reading about the history of Halloween, and uh-huh. I didn't realize they were talking about the same thing. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um. Yeah. And so it's a pagan religion celebration to welcome harvest, and people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off goats. Mm-hmm. So it marked the transition between... um transition to the new year from the end of harvest okay kind of thing but other sources said that like it marked the end of harvest and the beginning of winter not the new year okay kind of thing. so there's a little bit of discrepancy between that because it makes sense because their their time of year is comparable to ours in canada mm-hmm. right yeah so. um and so celtic people believed that spirits walked the earth during this festival um and so two thousand years ago in Celtic Ireland, Samhain marked the end of the Celtic year and the start of the new year. Like I already said, it's kind of disputed. Um, the Celts believed that the day began at sunset, so the festivities started the night before and carried on. Okay. So like at 6 p.m. tonight would be like the start of tomorrow and mm. how they believed. Okay. Um, so there's four Celtic festivals, and this was the most important of them all. It's kind of the biggest, most exciting for them. Yeah. Um. It's not only practiced in Ireland, it's practiced everywhere mm-hmm. Celtic individuals lived, which I just needed to research for myself. Then there are some Neolithic passage tombs in Ireland that are aligned with the sunrise at the time of Samhain. Okay. Which tells you that it's been practiced long before Celtic people actually arrived in Ireland. Huh. Because they arrived in Ireland 2,000 years ago, and these tombs are dated to between 4,500 and 5,000 years ago. Hmm. Which is crazy. So who celebrate it was there a native species there or was it like whoever, there must have been i was like whoever celebrated died off or whatever. not everyone in ireland is celtic yeah is the thing so there could have been people who like are just native irish people okay that live there i don't know they didn't really tell me yeah and i didn't look too much into it mm-hmm. um but it's cool that they have these like tombs that show that they were kind of practicing that one at this time hmm. but weren't or who knows? Yeah. Um, so they believe that the veil between this world and the other world is at its thinnest, which allows spirits to pass through. So the family ancestors were honored and invited home while they warded off evil spirits. So people wore costumes to disguise themselves as evil spirits so that they would avoid any harm. Mm. So that's where the whole like dressing up on Halloween comes as. Okay. Especially with like all the ghouls and stuff because you're dressing up as other spirits. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit disputed, but the bones of slaughtered livestock were put into a communal fire. Household fires were extinguished and then started again from like the the, the coals of the communal fire because okay. um, they were thought to have like protective and cleansing powers. Okay. And I've heard somewhere that um, it was in a book I was reading, actually, um, Throne of Glass. They mention Samhain as well. She spells it a little bit differently, but they mention the fires and like the covering of the ash mm. from the fire is supposed to have like cleansing properties and kind of start a new or mark the first snowfall or something. So it's like 
spring cleaning, but make it spooky. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Cool. Yeah, but cool, use cool. the bones of slaughtered animals. Yeah. Well, spring cleaned. Wasn't there like spreading blood or something above your doorway and stuff too? If there was, I do not remember. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I thought that was Easter. Was that not an Easter thing? I have no idea. You spread the blood of a lamb or something above your doorway and as a something or other. I have no I've never heard that before. As someone who was only religious from the ages of like five to nine. maybe. I've heard of like Ash Wednesday where they like mark your forehead with ash oh, or yeah. whatever. But I don't I've never heard. I'm very what? intrigued about that. You Google that. that. Okay. <laughs> Um, they prepared food for the living and the dead and any food that wasn't eaten was shared with the poor, which I really like. So that was also kind of where, um, trick or treating comes into play a little bit. Um, and so this food was to appease the spirits and to help ensure that the people and the livestock survived the winter. Each tradition of Samhain is kind of based on a legend, but I'm not going to go into all of them because they are like, there's so many different layers and possible legends of it. Where they're like, oh, it could be this, but it also could be this. But if you look in this book, it's this. So I was just kind of like, I'll skip that. Um, and then I didn't know this. And this was very interesting. So in the 8th century, Pope Gregory III appointed November 1st as All Saints Day. And they started to incorporate some Samhain traditions into it. So the evening before All Saints Day became known as All Hallows Eve, which later changed to Halloween. And so All Saints Day is a Christian holiday that honors saintly people of the past it's followed by All Souls Day on November 2nd, which is a day to pray for all the souls. And this day is also known as Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, which I didn't know. I didn't think that Day of the Dead was in November. Okay. So yeah, yeah I know. I knew that. Okay. And that's why I'm, I was hoping that you were going to touch on, mm-hmm. on the Day of the Dead traditions and stuff too. Yeah. I don't, I don't go into the Day of the Dead traditions. Yeah. But it, like, I was so shocked that like Halloween and Christian and Day of the Dead Christianity like they're all intermingled but they're so like that's three separate religions yeah which is crazy that this time of year you gotta look into it though right because it's like yeah again I think that like (sighs) history can be wacky Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's also if there's enough if there's the same thing in different cultures and religions yeah there has to be a factor of truth to it there's something in it yeah because why else are they is everyone having a consensus on this Right. So, yeah, no, it was just, I'd never even heard that. But even like to this day, November 1st is All Saints Day. November 2nd is Dia de los Muertos. Crazy. Okay. Okay. I have it here. What'd you learn? <laughs> it's so. They did this because of Passover, which happens um, April 5th to April 13th. Okay. And so the Lord promised that if the Israelites followed his instructions, the plague would pass over them and not hurt them. The Lord told each Israelite family to sacrifice a perfect male lamb and paint the blood of the lamb on the doorframe of their houses. The Lord told Israelites to cook and quickly eat the lamb. So it's in April. And that's why I'm thinking it has something to do with spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. And, but it's but, also around the time of Easter. Like usually Easter yeah. is like the first weekend and first or second weekend in April. Yeah. And so the Passover is basically like when God sent an angel of death to kill the firstborn sons of Egyptians. Mm-hmm. Um, God told Moses to order Israel family in Israelite families to sacrifice a lamb and yada, yada, yada. So that the angel would know to pass over their houses. Interesting. Okay. But that's why I was like, I thought it was only part of spring cleaning. I did not think it yeah. was like that. <laughs> but April it, in my mind was like, it's spring cleaning. So, it's a version of spring cleansing. So that's why you would smear the blood of a male lamb above your door frame hmm. in spring cleaning times. I guess. <laughs> I will not be doing that. It's a form of spring cleaning I do not want to take part in. I'm not really interested in. I wouldn't like if I have firstborns. a firstborn son, I wouldn't mind the angel of death not taking it. <laughs> that's okay. I'm not. I'm not trying to promote the uh, the uh, uh, genocide of firstborn yeah. male sons. <laughs> yeah, of Egyptian kids yeah. and Israelites. Yeah, no, thank you. Especially with all that's been going on in the world between Israel and Palestine. But like, yeah. that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's pretty much the history of Halloween. Yeah. It's just that it's rooted in Samhain. So, um, mm-hmm. the carving jack lanterns originated in Ireland, but they used turnips instead of pumpkins. Fun. So they carved turnips instead. That's so cute. Right? And it was based on a legend about a man who was named Stingy Jack. It's either stingy or stingy, (laughs) but I'm going to say stingy. Um, Jack would catch the devil and then release him if he promised that Jack would never go to hell. 
However, when Jack died, he learned that he wasn't welcome in heaven either. So he wandered the earth as a ghost for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And so then the devil gave Jack a burning lump of coal in a carved out turnip to use as a lantern. Mm. So that's why they're like jack-o'-lanterns because mm. it was Jack walking around with a lantern. Okay. Um, and so then the locals started carving scary faces into turnips to scare away evil spirits. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. I also think it's literally, um, what's that nursery rhyme of like, Little bonnie foo-foo, hopping through the forest, catching all the field mice and bopping them on the head. Yeah, Jack was doing yeah. that with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and the devil yeah. was like the fairy godmother that came down and was like, don't do that. Yeah. I can't remember how the rest of it goes. Was, that's literally as far as I get. I don't want to see you. Then the good fairy came down and said, little bonnie foo-foo, I don't like to see you picking up the field mice, bopping them on the head. Yeah. And then... I like give you three chances. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Many if you know that. Yeah. That unlo- <laughs> you unlocked a memory right? there. <laughs> I just put that together. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um. And so, like I already said, wearing scary costumes is just people put on disguises so that they would not be mistaken for spirits um, by all the evil spirits walking around during Samhain. Yeah. And then trick-or-treating. So there's three theories around the origins of trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. So the first one is that during Samhain, Celtic people would leave out food to appease the spirits traveling the earth at night. And then over time, people would dress as the spirits in exchange for similar offerings of food and drink. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, the second one speculates that the candy boon stems from the Scottish practice of guising, which just means wearing a disguise. Okay. Um, during the Middle Ages, the children and poor adults would collect food and money from local homes in return for prayers for the dead on All Souls Day. Mm. Um, so geysers dropped the prayers in favor of non-religious practices with the inclusion of songs, jokes, and other quote-unquote tricks. Okay. So it was like... Trick or treat. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, geysing just means kids go to door, go door to door in a disguise. Yeah. Because I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um... And the third one is that it stems from bell snickling, <laughs> which is love that word, right? Which is a German American Christmas tradition. Okay, I don't German American. That doesn't feel right, but um, it's where children dressed in costume and then called their neighbors to see if the adults could guess the identities of the disguised. In one version of the practice, children were rewarded with food or other treats if no one could identify them. Mm. So it's basically prank calling. Okay, and being like, "Can you? Do you know who this is?" Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's Susie. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I right? would hate that. Yeah. I would hate to be part of that. Some kids call me, I'd be like, I don't care. Yeah, right? Like, it would make <laughs> sense if it was, like, someone in your neighborhood or, like, yeah. your kids or your grandkids or your niece and nephew. But, like, just random ass kids being like, hey, do you know who this is? Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't know who this is. Oh, you owe me a candy bar. Absolutely not how that works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I guess that's really no different than people like strangers walking up to your door and being like, trick or treat. At least it's like, I don't know, in person. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, weird. Yeah. Um. So then I was like, why are the colors black and orange? Like, why is that how we yeah. see Halloween? So black represented the death of the summer while the orange symbolized the autumn harvest season. Mm, okay. So it's yeah. that sim- Makes simple. Makes sense. Um bats are also a common theme in halloween so the celts would light huge bonfires which would attract bats Mm. so then spotting bats became connected with the festival and then medieval folklore expanded on the eeriness of bats with a number of like superstitions around the belief that bats were harbingers of death Mm. i love bats uh i they're okay like the only time i've ever come in contact with a bat was when i was working um at the gas plant and I was in the filing thing and I lifted up a box and there was a dead bat in there and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> where did you come from? That's fair. But yeah. I, I don't know. I love bats. And when I see them in the summer too and stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, besties. Yeah. Kill those mosquitoes. Right. Eat all the bugs, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I have nothing against them. Mm-hmm. And so then bobbing for apples. This one's fun. Oh, that one. My mom would never let me participate. Oh, really? If there's bobbing for apples at, at, at any party, any school event, she's like, that's disgusting. It's a cesspool of saliva. Like, do not do it. Yeah, it's really no better than a swimming pool, which is just a cesspool but of feces. But it's not chlorine. I guess. There's no chlorinated, chlor- nothing chlorinated or nothing cleansing. It's just, yeah. you hope that the 30 people that stuck their head in the same water bin yeah. 
aren't filthy. I think I've only ever done it once and it was in a bin that was shallow enough that I could just press the apple against the bottom and bite it. Okay. So I was good at it. Yeah, no, I've had it where it's like those like, like five classic, gallon pails. Cl- the classic bins that you get like you'd get from the dollar store and stuff. They're different yeah. colors with the rope handles. Oh, okay. Like one of those bins that yeah. it was always in. Yeah, no, that was so I was like, this is really stupid easy. But if you put it in a deeper bin, then it would be very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um so this does not have roots in Samhain, but instead love and romance. Why? It's a courting ritual that was part of a Roman festival to honor um Pomona, who is the goddess of agriculture and abundance. And so there are multiple versions of the general, but like the general well, oh, geez, Louise, there are multiple versions, but the general consensus is that young men and women would be able to predict their future relationships based on the game. And so this festival took place at roughly the same time as sound, so that's how they kind of got like intermingled. Yeah. Um but did they ever I don't know if they ever told me like like I think if you caught an apple that meant that you were going to like get married by this time next year kind of thing. Huh. So that took me down a rabbit hole of matchmaking and Halloween. Um so it's that was actually like matchmaking was a huge thing. Yeah. Around Samhain for some reason. Hey, love is so, blind. Take notes. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Halloween season. Um, so in, 18, in 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook would bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night with the hope that whoever finds it will find true love. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So I love that. Um, actually, I just love mashed potatoes. Also, did they choose apples? Because there was many apples or they choose apples because like Adam and Eve apple. There's some sort of um, like apples are, I think, like a symbol of fertility. Pomegranates are. Yes. But apples there's are. There's something, there's some sort of symbolism between apples. Because of the biblical reference of Pomona. it being like a sexual thing? No, because apple wasn't sexual in the Bible. But it, it was. It was the temptation, though. Yes, but it was kind like to me, that's like the root of all sin is apple. Exactly. That's why I'm confused. So I feel like, I don't know, there's some sort of symbolism. They didn't tell me hmm. there was not a lot on that. Okay. Um, uh, in Scotland, eligible young women would name a hazelnut after their suitors and then throw it in the fire. Uh, the hazelnuts that would burn to ash represented the girl's future husband instead of the ones who popped or exploded. But in other versions, the one that exploded was your future husband the one that burned to ash wasn't huh okay so seems like a flawed technique but go off but also like how many suitors do you have that you can like chuck a handful of hazelnuts into the fire and be like ooh, anyone (laughs) anyone that's your age within your range i guess i know that's kind of like the daisy like does he love me like yeah maybe i'll do that this christmas i'll throw a hazelnut in and be like are we meant to be (laughs) (laughs) it's been seven years well yeah time to go back to gaelic traditions i just have to like because it's literally it's a win-win because if it melts to ash then it's like oh we're meant to be and if it explodes it's oh we're meant to be because depending on the person that's what they believed that's like let's burn this woman and if she dies she's not a witch and if she lives she's a witch yeah stupid (laughs) um okay the other one is if a young woman ate a sugary concoction made out of walnuts hazelnuts and nutmeg before going to sleep on Halloween night, she would dream about her future husband. I wonder if that's because nutmeg has hallucinogenic effects. That makes sense. I didn't know that. <laughs> that explains that one. <laughs> um, young women would throw apple peels over their shoulders in the hope that they would fall in the shape of their future husband's initials. Okay. A bit of a stretch. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's like looking at clouds. Okay. Or looking at egg yolks. They were trying to learn about their future husbands by looking at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water and standing in front of mirrors in darkened rooms holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husbands' faces. Uh, That would not be comforting. No. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw a face, I would shit my pants. That's not like, oh my god, I'm in love. That's like, who are you and why are you standing behind me? Yeah, why is my husband a ghost? (laughs) Like, that's some incubus, succubus kind of bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) So then... I don't, yeah, I'm really bothered by why they didn't, I thought I had something about the apples, but I guess I didn't. So I'll maybe find something and then we can post it. Yeah. So now, history, Friday the 13th. Okay. 
super anticlimactic. Basically, the number 13 is unlucky, and early Christians believe that Fridays were also unlucky. Okay. Um, 13 guests attended the Last Supper, which was held on a Thursday, so the next day when Jesus was crucified was a Friday. Mm, okay. Um, so a lot of people associate having 13 people at a table as a bad omen. Mm-hmm. Um, people also think that Eve gave Adam the apple on a Friday. Um, there's no way they could possibly know that. Probably just a stretch. Yeah. Um, it's also thought that Friday was a day that Cain killed Abel in the Bible. Okay. Again, how do you know that? That's- there's there's no way. No. Um, and then on October 13th, 1307, which is a Friday, hundreds of the Knights Templar were arrested and then executed. Mm-hmm. That is a big reason why Friday the 13th um, was a thing. Yeah. But there's so much to that story that isn't known or like... There's a bunch of unfortunate things happen on Fridays. Yeah. And 13 um, is not a good thing. Okay. Yeah. And then they gave like a little list of like bad things that have happened on Friday the 13th that have like added to the stigma. Mm. Um, which I'll find because some of them are actually pretty interesting. Yeah. A big thank you to Persona Nutrition for working with Sometimes Shibata Slaps. Persona Nutrition ships customized vitamins and supplements to you each month. All you need to do is take their short quiz on their website and they will build you the perfect pack of vitamins. With subscription, you also have access to nutritionists online, so if you have any health concerns or questions, you will be directed with a nutritionist in no time. The vitamin packs come with the cutest little wrapper with your name on it and a list of supplements inside. If you want more information, there is a blog on their website with tons of additional information. Right now, get 50% off your first month subscription with the link on our website. If you want to get into supplements and vitamins and all that good stuff, head on over to sometimeshabbatislaps.com for more information. Oh, there was a German bombing of Buckingham Palace. There was a murder of Kitty Genovese. In 1964, a cyclone killed more than 300,000 people in Bangladesh in 1970. The disappearance of a Chilean Air Force plane in the Andes in 1972. Mm-hmm. The death of Tupac in 1996. And a crash of the Costa Concordia cruise ship off the coast of Italy in 2012. Okay. So those are some... Some days. Some things that have all happened um, in on February... or Friday. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, but there was also a book written in 1907 titled Friday the 13th. Yeah. That was about a New York City stockbroker who played on the superstitions around the date to create chaos on Wall Street so that he could make more money. Okay. So that book was a big reason why Friday the 13th was a thing. Yeah. But nothing told me like but what happened before yeah. that book that kind of made it. And then like Friday the 13th movies kind of took off. Yeah. After 1980 when... Um, producers just went with that yeah but okay. there was no set like this is why they were just kind of like both things are kind of felt unlucky so then we've created a whole superstition around it cool kind of thing fun but yeah that's the history of halloween fun uh-huh. more fun than i thought it was gonna be honestly right <laughs> it was very interesting i was when like, like cool. history i was like okay as long as it's not wah wah mm-hmm. that's good yeah no there's like a lot of it like you could get very wah wah if you like actually went into the legends of it yeah but um, we don't need to do that. No, it's not for that. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Now into ghost stories. Yay! So I focused on Canadian ghost stories because if you're not, if you don't know us that well, we are Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm starting off. I took some from the list from your list, and then nice. I took some of which is my own research. Okay, sick. And why not? So I'm going to start in Banff at the Banff Springs Hotel, mm-hmm. uh, Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel. And there are um, a few hauntings at this location. Yeah, they say it's so haunted. Yeah. Well, it's very old and it's in the mountains and mm-hmm. no doubt. So the m- most notorious one at the Bam Springs is the bride. And so yeah. she dates back to the late 1920s or early 1930s. Um, she was supposedly a bride getting ready for her wedding day at the hotel. Uh, she went to descend down the marble stairs and she got spooked somehow and fell down the stairs. Some say that her... Shoe got caught in her dress, causing her to slip. Mm-hmm. Others say she got brushed by a candle and she actually was lit on fire. And then yeah. she fell. Um, it's very 50-50 when you go to look up what the story even happened there. Yeah. And so since then, the hotel staff and guests report seeing a woman in a white dress wandering the hotel. 
Yeah. Some claim to have seen her walking down the stairs, others through the hallways. Some say they see her in like the ballroom dancing or awaiting the dance with her Ooh. husband. Yeah. Um, or her to be husband. And then some hotel staff have claimed to hear to have heard crying coming from the bridal suite at the hotel. Oh, spooky. But they go in and no one's there. Right. So naturally. Yeah. Another ghost of the Bamp Springs is Sam the Bellman. And so Sam McCauley was an elderly Scotsman who served as a lead bellman at the Banff Springs throughout the mid 20th century, specifically around the 60s, 70s, from what I could tell. Well, that's fairly recent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, his spirit is now reported to be a helpful spirit to guests and staff alike. Oh, because he was just a helpful bellman. Mm-hmm. He was a happy Scottish dude. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so one of his most popular stories involves two women who went to the front desk because their keys wouldn't work. After waiting 15 minutes with no assistance from any of the bellhops, the woman went back to the room to try again. When they were waiting outside the room trying to figure out what to do next, a bellhop, matching Sam's description, approached the woman, unlocked their door, and then disappeared. Wild! Yeah, some say the woman went to, like, get a tip to tip him, and then he was gone by that point. Mm-hmm. Others say he just did it and then... And then just left. Poofed away. Wild. Yeah. So others have seen Sam's haunting his old office... Um, on the mezzanine area, which is now a guest bedroom. So if you're in his old office room, you might see Sam hanging out. I don't like that. <laughs> and others have reported to see apparitions or feeling cold spots on the 6th, 7th, and ninth floor of the hotel. Hmm. I don't know why he chooses those three numbers, mm-hmm. but apparently there's a lot of actions that have been claimed to be Sam. Well, seven's an unlucky number in... Is it Chinese culture? Or is number four unlucky in Chinese culture? I don't remember. But seven's yeah. thought of as an unlucky number. Yeah. But, but that doesn't explain six or nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you feel a cold spot or if you see an apparition mm-hmm. of a Scottish dude, yeah, <laughs> it might be Sam. That's cool. Um, And then there's room 873. And so this one is l- the least talked about um thing for Banff Springs. Okay. But it's arguably the most interesting for me. Okay. So... This room is no longer in use, right? Because of the hauntings? Yeah. <gasps> so there's a legend that several people have met their demise in this room. Uh, one of the most notorious one was a familial like um, murder suicide where a mother and daughter kind of never left the room due to the murder suicide. So I don't know if it was the mother killing the daughter or if it was the husband killing the mother and daughter and then himself. Wild. But basically this family was slaughtered in this room. And Yikes. so guests who have who stayed who had stayed in the room reported hearing a loud shriek like cries in the middle of the night. And then housekeeping staff um, reported that bloody fingerprints would appear on the mirrors, but not go away when cleaned. Ooh, yuck. And so due to enough um, disturbances from this room, mm-hmm. uh, they decided to seal it up. So the room still exists in the hotel. Right. But there's no access to the room. But Wild. when you look at photos, if you go up to room 873 or where 873 is supposed to be, mm-hmm. you're going to see a light above where yeah. the door is supposed to be. And if you knock, it's hollow. Ooh. But so they, they just like plastered over the door. Yeah. Wild. Okay. But I wonder if there's still views like from like like windows on the outside. I imagine there's so. There's got to be. Yeah. Right. But yeah, the door itself is like sealed off, plastered up and it looks like the hallway. And so if you're not aware of it, yeah, you, wouldn't you wouldn't notice. notice. But when you look at all the bedrooms in the hotel, there's lights above each door. And so you can actually walk on the eighth Ooh. floor and see 71 and five but and then no. see a light, but no door to 73. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. So there could be some malicious spirit haunting the eighth floor in the hotel. Well, the fact that they closed up that room because of the hauntings, like that's crazy. Yeah. Do they have a room 666? I'm sure. Do you think, or would they skip over it? I don't know. I've been seeing 666 a lot recently. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Not into it. Day of the Dead. Yeah, not into it. Okay, so that's the key stories from Banff Springs, but again, there's also weird, just like, disturbances that happen because it is such an old hotel. Mm -hmm. But it's gorgeous, and I adore the hotel. (laughs) Yeah, the guy that told us all about, because he basically went through like all the Fairmonts in Canada. He was like, basically if you're staying in a Fairmont, it's haunted. Yeah, (laughs) And I was like, yeah, facts. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so next is the Hotel McDonald's, which I also believe is a Fairmont mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so geographically, this hotel is almost in the dead center of Edmonton. Kind of fun. Well, I didn't know it was in Edmonton. I thought it was in Regina for some reason. No, this one's at, this one's Edmonton. Ugh. Um, 
and it's almost the dead center of it, which is kind of funny. That is cool. Um, so one of the most known stories from the Hotel McDonald come from the eighth floor of the hotel where guests will report hearing the sound of horses' hooves pounding through the hallways. Crazy. And so this comes from um, when the hotel was being built in 1914. And so during the pouring of the foundation, um, one of the workhorses dropped dead from exhaustion. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know if it got poured into the foundation and that's why it's haunting. <gasps> but either way, the day of the foundation pour, a horse dropped dead. And this is the, the horse is claimed to be the one that's running across the eighth floor. And that's why you hear horses. Wild. Um, so now this horse gallops through the eighth floor and sometimes the basement. Mm-hmm. But it's always heard but never seen. So you can just be walking and then hearing like something charging at you. That would be terrifying. Especially because it was a horse. It's very obvious sound. Yeah. No, it's very distinctive. Yeah. Also at the Hotel McDonald, there have been reports of um, seeing a ghost man sitting in a wing chair smoking a pipe. Oh. So it's rumored that this man is the spirit of a sailor that would have passed the hotel um, during his trips along the Saskatchewan River. Okay. Yeah. And I was then, like a sailor. We're landlocked province. <laughs> well, the river's right there. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and then some of the night managers at the hotel report receiving calls from rooms on the sixth floor where they would go up to check on the guests. Uh, they find that the room is vacant. When they return to the desk, they get a call from that room again. Oh, wild. Mm-hmm. Spooky. I hate that. Yeah. Now we're moving into Vancouver. Yay. With Hotel Vancouver. So Hotel Vancouver first opened in 1939, and it was actually the third hotel to be opened in Vancouver. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. That's cool. Uh-huh. And so Hotel Vancouver is home to the Lady in Red, who is rumored to be seen wandering the halls on the 14th floor and on the ground floor lobby by the elevator doors. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one of her most notorious stories comes from um, there was a Japanese family who checked into a room on the 14th floor. And then called down to the front desk to check if they double booked them. Because when they walked into the room, they saw a lady in red sitting on the bed. Oh, yuck. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, And then when they called, she did disappeared and made sure that it wasn't double booked. Yeah. Um, So there's another report of a bellman escorting a guest to their room in room 1403. Mm -hmm. When he noticed the lady in red followed the guests into their room. But by the time the bellman had caught up to bring their bags into their room, she had vanished. Oh, so it was like the family all walked into the room. She followed them in. Mm-hmm. Only the bellman saw because he was like down the hallway a little bit. Yeah. But when he turned the corner, she was gone. Wild. Um, she's also been reported to walk through closed doors, turning on and off lights, um, closing some closet doors and sitting on beds, as we saw with the Japanese family. Crazy. And so some say that the lady in red, uh, her real name is Jenny Pearl Cox. And she was a Vancouver socialite who would regularly attend the hotel's um, ballroom dances with her husband. Okay. She died in a car crash in 1944 and supposedly took residence in the hotel. I'm not sure if the car crash was like near the hotel enough that that's why her spirit jumped there mm-hmm. or if it just felt like home to her. Um, yeah. That was a mystery. It did give me a street name and I forgot to look it up. So oh, fair enough. I don't know. Okay. And then so a local elevator mechanic. Claims to have taken her picture um, while working on a building across the street. Oh, do you have it? Uh Uh-huh. I have the article saved just so I can show you. Oh, my goodness. Because it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you scroll down, you'll see. And it was posted in the Vancouver Sun. So it was like a, apparently it was a big thing for Van. Okay. But if you scroll down, it like kind of zooms into the. Yo. And so I don't know if that's the 14th floor, if that's like the top floor. Yeah. Um, or if it's like unfortunate that someone just hung up a red T-shirt to dry by the window. But it's just. It's crazy that even from that photo, he was able to note it. Yeah. So we'll pop it up on the screen. Ah. We'll pop in like a zoomed in photo on the screen or something. Or we can push buttons because I couldn't zoom out. What the heck? <laughs> I just zoomed out and then it did that. Okay. Sounds good. But yeah. That's so. crazy. There's that. And it was enough to get some clout to end up in the newspaper. Yeah, no doubt. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's pretty much Lady in Red. That's all we know from her. I guess she has a few sightings here and there, but mm-hmm. nothing malicious from her. That's good. Um, the Mackenzie River Ghost. I incorporated this one because it's one of the oldest Canadian ghost stories. Oh. And it dates back to the 1850s. Wild. Mm-hmm. Where's the Mackenzie River? It's in Ontario. Okay. 
Uh, let me check that. Oh, in the Northwest Territories. Okay. Okay. So okay. It's higher up there. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, the story goes that Augustus Richard Pierce was a fur trader and a Hudson's Bay post manager at Fort McPherson in the Northwest Territories. Okay. When he died suddenly at the age of thirty-three, a man named Roderick McFarlane transported his body um, by dog sled hundreds of kilometers to Fort Simpson, Northwest Territories. Okay. And so during this transportation, McFarlane claims to have heard Marche coming from the coffin. Ooh. So that's as if um, Piers was yelling, go, like walk at the dogs. Oh, wild. From the coffin. Yuck. So. Okay, that's spooky. It's a short story, but yeah, it's like, imagine mm-hmm. transporting my dog sled during that time. Like, you're the only one doing it. Well, it reminds me of that joke of the taxi driver who used to be, um, like a fun- like a hearse driver. Oh, yeah. And he's like, someone like taps him on the shoulder and he screams and crashes. And he's like, sorry, sorry, I used to transport bodies. Like, yeah. I'm not used to having people alive. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be but, terrifying. Yeah. No, I just wanted to throw that one in there because it's one of the oldest ones that date back. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. And then this final one, I have a lot for this one. Okay. Because <laughs> it has a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. And so this one is the Manitoba Legislative Building. Oh, yay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm Which excited. You're going to hear more once I can finally drag Jubes to Winnipeg to take a tour of the Legislative Building mm-hmm. because it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. If you're an avid hiker like me, you're going to love Fire Maple. Their products are crafted to be the most reliable and high-performance gear possible so you can explore the world with ease and energy Their philosophy is that outdoor cooking should be just as straightforward and satisfying as indoor cooking. That's why their camping cookware is thoughtfully crafted to ensure that you can enjoy your meals no matter where your adventure takes you. Right now, you can get $99 off shipping if you live in Canada and $5 off when you sign up on their website. Head over to sometimesshibataslaps.com where you can find links to their website so you can start your holiday shopping and maybe grab a couple things for you. So the Manitoba Legislative Building is already known for its occult-like features with the main square of the building measuring 66.6 feet long on like all sides. Right. So it's a perfect square of 666. I hate that. Yeah. I guess it's better than a triangle, though. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And so <laughs> um, it is. this could be a reference to the power of the sun or it's a reference to occult activity as the building is claimed to be built by the secret nation of the stonemasons right and so directly placed below the golden boy who lives on top of the building it's like a dome type ceiling and inside there's also a dome ceiling that follows right the outside um and so in this dome ceiling room there's an eight-pointed star on the ground and these features may not necessarily be creepy on their own but the room is designed like a sacrificial chamber with the star mimicking the victim. No. <laughs> Why? Gotta love uh, early, early elitists, hey? Oh, God, that's... Uh, no, uh, thank know. you. And so there are symbols of good and evil that are placed throughout the building, such as Medusa's heads and then bison figures. Okay. So Medusa's head, of course, like turning to stone and all that whole right. um, mythology. And then the bisons are supposed to be protectors of the building Hmm, okay yeah and then so there are rumors that female ghosts will wander the hall of the building and according to the tale of the blood tube there's a secret room in the building where a woman was murdered she was then later found dead holding a tube of her own blood or a tube of blood assumed to be her own blood um and so one of these female ghosts is apparently this woman and she is rumored to still be holding that blood tube if you see her Oh my gosh. Like when you say blood tube, do you mean like vile? Yeah, I guess okay. so. Okay. Or just like a tube thing like of her of blood. Ugh. She was like holding it. Wild. So it's very sacrificial and very much so. And so if there's multiple women ghosts that are seen, this mm-hmm. could have happened multiple times. Yeah. In this secret culty room of the, the legislative altar. building by the elitists of so and so way back then. That's bonkers. Okay. Uh-huh. So there are also rumors of a ghost man who wanders around the southeast second floor hallways wearing a long black suit and a top hat. Okay. He also wanders the main staircase of the building. Right. Um, which is where the Medusa heads above that main staircase when he's like oh. laid out and stuff. Okay. 
Yeah. So it's like you walk into the building, you see security, and you walk through an archway, and then you're in the 666 room with the main staircase and the Medusa. I hate the term 666 room. (laughs) (laughs) We need to go visit that. It's fascinating. That's so spooky. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a tour guide, Frank Albo, who is like so knowledgeable. He is a... uh, he basically was a history major mm-hmm. in university and he's actually one of my uncle's friends. That's how I knew about the tour in the first place. Right. Um, and he basically got so fascinated by the legislative building that he put his entire thesis, like his master's, his, I think he is a PhD too, mm-hmm. into the history of the building. That's so cool. So, and he's like, had to join like, stonemason societies just to get more information on what their methods are and stuff oh, like that. Oh, he's so dedicated. He was so, you'd love to talk to I him. I love that. But yeah, if you're in Winnipeg, look for the Frank Albo tour. He is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the ghosts of three men who have meetings in the rooms every night. Hmm. And so apparently it, guards have been cautioned to knock on the rooms before entering so they're not disturbing a meeting. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. There was also um, a locked room for many, many years that no one could get access to in the building. They have now since got access to it. Yeah. But they just choose not to like go mingle with it too much. That's probably very wise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something else you're going to hate. Oh, good. Great. (laughs) Uh, There are stories of ghost boys wandering the basement of the building. Okay. And so a security guard reported seeing the reflection of two boys cupping their eyes on the side, cupping the sides of their eyes. Sorry. To look through um, a frosted glass door. Wow. And so he just saw the figures of the boys doing this shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but they couldn't see his face obviously because it's frosted glass. And so when the security guard went to go check the room, no one was there. Wow. I think if I saw something like that, you would need to, like, institutionalize me. <laughs> like, I would lose my mind. I know. That would be so scary. Okay. Yeah. Um, also in the basement, there's that, I wonder if that's the same thing below the directly below the golden boy. They're talking about the sacrificial chamber is mm-hmm. because in my mind, there was another meeting room that in, that was that, but there's also a perfect dome where if you stand in the middle, it creates like this, like sound tunnel. Oh yeah. That's cool. So you can't really hear what's going on around you mm-hmm. unless someone like whispers into like the wall or something and like the sound carries over it's a weird that's so cool but it's fascinating yeah no doubt and that's all if it's like sacral sacred geometry uh geometry geometry yeah i was gonna say geometry i'm like that's old people is it not (laughs) gerontology geriatric yeah or whatever yeah and then finally there's mel ralph mcneil pearson who is a deputy treasure minister for 26 years in this building. Mm-hmm. And so on February 14th, 1947, he shot himself in the first floor bathroom, which was his designated bathroom. Okay. Um, he is the only confirmed death in the building. Oh. No one knows why this happened. Mm-hmm. There are some um, speculation of like health problems and that's why he led to kill himself. But it's also on Valentine's Day. Oh. So I was Ooh, like. A little bit of a love triangle situation there. Who knows? Mm. Um. And so it's not confirmed if he is a regular apparition, but his legacy just haunts the building. Right. For anyone who knows it. So Mm -hmm. the other ghosts, like, do they just come from like the nefarious, the suspected nefarious activities in there? Or is it built on like sacred ground? Well, that's not impossible because Manitoba is so highly like native dense. Yeah. Right. It was a very strong native population. And then. Which then transitioned to a very strong Métis population. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. Yeah. But hmm. there's a lot of hoodoo voodoo that goes on in the legislative building. Yikes. And then the fact that it was built by the Stonemason Society. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of like sacred geometry. Like it has ties back to things like the Arc de Triomphe in France and pyramids and the like all of those major architectural buildings have the same symbols as the mm. legislative building. Because the legislative building was supposed to be like Winnipeg was supposed to be such a big booming city for Canada because it was the center of Canada. And so it had such a high significance to it. Right. That they chose to build this building with the same kind of high significance measure, even though that's not what ended up happening for Manitoba. Yeah. But. Wild. Now we have this like freaky culty. Yeah. Potentially culty, I guess. 
building that well, the stonemasons are mm-hmm. i think we should do an episode on them they're weird yeah. where your legislation is literally created so yeah yeah highly suggest going on a tour it's so fascinating mm-hmm. yeah we'll have to do that that'd be so fun yeah so cl- i want to go on a ghost walk like a ghost tour yeah i think that'd be so cool i love it mm-hmm. cool. but that wraps up wraps up with what we have today mm-hmm. and for our segment i don't know if anyone has seen the things on like tiktok where you have to rate um something before knowing the next item yeah so that's what we're gonna do with halloween candies yeah so um you have five candies for me and i have five candies for you mm-hmm. uh you want to go first you want me to go first sure, i can go first okay okay let me know when you're ready okay um the first candy i have for you is candy corn Ooh. I'm reading that as five. I hate candy corn. I've never had candy corn. It just tastes like corn syrup and it's gross. Oh, I had sweet corn ice cream recently. Interesting. It was actually pretty good. Sid's on a whole like sweet corn kick. Interesting. Yeah. It's okay. weird. Um, the second candy candy I have are um the sour watermelon. Like the watermelon candy, like the fuzzy peaches. I'm gonna give those a three. Yeah. Um, Hershey's Kisses and or Cookies and Cream Bar. Number one. Yeah, top notch. Hershey's C and C. Yeah. Um, Gobstoppers. Four. Yeah, they're nasty. (laughs) (laughs) I just had one the other day. I was like, I don't understand what's enjoyable about this candy. Yeah. Um. What's my number two? Ooh. Um. Fuzzy peaches? Okay, that's yeah. a fair number two. Yeah. Yeah, I would put that as number two normally. Yeah, it's so good. So what's your order? Okay, so I got the Hershey's Cookies and Cream as number one, then Fuzzy Peaches, then Sour Watermelon, then Gobstoppers, then Candy Corn. Nice. Which I feel like is a very true to that's true yeah. to Mac mm-hmm. candy option. Yep. Yeah, okay. I would just switch, like for mine, it would be basically the same, except the Hershey's Cookies and Cream would be three and the Watermelons would be one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I like more and chocolate. Gobstoppers would be five. You like more candy mm-hmm. than chocolate, though, right? Mm-hmm. And see, I like chocolate more than candy. Yeah. All right. What are my candy choices? So what I've got pulled here for you is we're going to start with Sour Patch Kids. Um, I'm going to put those at like a three- I can't really imagine their taste at the moment. Okay. I also haven't had a lot of candy, so this could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I chose pretty general ones that you would know. Okay. Uh, nerds. Ooh. A two, because I'm saving number one. I love nerds. Okay. I still have that nerd box from when we decorated gingerbread houses downstairs. Oh, that's so funny. Because I've been savoring it. <laughs> I, like have a handful you, you can buy them still. yeah i know i was like why like i've almost had these for a year just eat them <laughs> okay then i got kit kat oh if you had asked me this in 2016 it would be number one but i i gotta put it at number four yeah because i feel like there's gotta be something better okay you know this is like best to worst right mm-hmm. okay good <laughs> um then i have twix Oh, darn it. You got one in five left. Oh. I'm going to put it as five. Okay. Does that mean your number one is Starburst? Eh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It depends on the Starburst. Yeah, that's fair. I'll allow it. Okay. So your order goes Starburst, Nerds, Sour Patch Kids, Kit Kat, Twix. Yeah, I'd change that now that I know. Like, if I had to order them knowing which ones they are, I would change it. That's funny. What would you put as your number one? Uh, Nerds. Nerds? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I would do Nerds, uh, Twix, Sour Patch Kids, um, Starburst, Kit Kat. Yeah. I think. Or Kit Kat, Starburst. They could kind of duke it out for last. That's fair. Yeah. That's funny. And so if you're listening to this today, go take a look at our Instagram story. I'm going to do a poll. 
mm-hmm. for what you guys would rate it for. So if you want to share your candy opinions. Yeah. We'd love to hear them. Head on over to our Instagram for that. And go to sometimes you bought a slaps doc or patreon.com slash sometimes you bought a slaps to sign up for our Patreon. It's two bucks a month and you get all of our episodes ad free. And once we get um, quite a few subscribers, we'll try and bring out more content and mm-hmm. try and do some more exclusive stuff for our patrons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and other news, I'm Mac Joy. I'm Mitz Jubes. We are Sometimes Brought Slaps on all social media platforms. Our website, sometimesbroughtslaps.com, has our book club, our merch, our episode links, our something else. Uh, affiliate links. Affiliate links, yeah. <laughs> uh, everything you gotta know, we are Sometimes Brought Slaps on Instagram and TikTok, if you want to follow us there. We've got all sorts of stuff, random stuff that gets mm-hmm. posted as you do on social media. Yeah. Um... Happy Halloween again. We hope you all are ha- had a good weekend. Yes. And are staying safe or stayed safe. Yeah. If you didn't, um, I guess we'll see you haunting us tonight. Yeah, I guess. Happy haunting. <laughs> <laughs> and then happy almost November. Yay. Happy uh, All Hallows Eve. Yeah. And All Saints Day and uh, Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow's going to be our announcement for uh, November's book club. Mm-hmm. It is very different. It's our first fiction. Yes. So Yay. keep an eye out for that announcement if you're interested in following book club. Yeah. Cool. All right. And on that note, we'll see you next Tuesday. Ta-ta for now. Bye. Bye.